What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Catherine Cowdery. The S&P 500 rallied the most in nearly four months, rebounding from losses sparked by the U.K. vote to exit the European Union. There was optimism today that policymakers are committed to limit the fallout from Brexit. The turnaround gathered pace late in the day, and bank shares had their strongest rally in six weeks after the worst two sessions in almost five years. We check in markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Dow Industrial Average up 269 points, a gain of 1.6% to 17,409. S&P 500 up 35 points, 1.8% to 2,036. NASDAQ higher by 97 points, 2.1% to 4,691. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil up $1.70 a barrel, 3.7% to 48.02. Spot Gold down $10.60 an ounce to 13.14.10. Ten-year Treasury down 7 30 seconds with a yield of 1.46%. And we're getting uh, Nike's fourth quarter earnings. Nike's earnings per share came in at 49 cents uh, a share, and that beat estimates, analyst estimates by one cent. However, it's futures orders, excluding um, currency fluctuations, missed estimates. So we'll have to see how its shares do in the after hour session. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. A lot of focus on stocks. Two big days of declines, a rebound today. Uh, but if you've been watching the bond market, your eyes should be equally popping, if not more. The rally in the U.S. government bond market, actually in bond markets around the world, has continued uh, a little bit of a rebound, a pullback, or I should say, in the, the uh, yield on bonds today. Uh, and the drop in the price, but that 10 year note is still at 1.46. It's, it's substantially below 1.50. The 30 year at 2.27, $8.7 trillion worth of negative bond yields around the world. What does it mean? And where can a person find value in bonds these days? We're going to put all these questions to Matt Hornback. He's head of global interest rate strategy at Morgan Stanley. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Well, one of the reasons we really wanted to have you on today is uh, I have some a few people that have been on the show who have correctly forecast we'd have a rally at a time and maybe the tenure was up around, you know, just stuck in its range from like one point, what, 1.7 up to 2. People say, you know, or, or even or over above 2% that it was going to the rally would continue. In March, you said 1.75% on the 10-year note after you look at the bond landscape. You called that well. What do you see now for the 10-year Treasury? So we're still forecasting by the end of the year that the 10-year Treasury to be around 1.75%. But to, to us, what is more important at this point in time is, is where we see yields over the course of the next three months. And when you look at our forecasts to the end of the third quarter of this year, uh, we're still forecasting yields to remain around these levels. So our, our forecast is 1.45% into the end of the third quarter. For the 10-year? For the 10-year Treasury, yes, that's correct. 
Is there a risk that if the as if if and when the dust does settle on the Brexit vote, that people will reverse this trade, or was that just a catalyst for this steady march down in yields? We maybe got here faster because of the Brexit vote, and there's a potential for actually if there's another big negative of some kind to push that yield even lower. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think you know when you look at what ha- where the ten-year Treasury was trading before. The Brexit vote, um, it was actually trading closer to our year-end target at 1.75%, but as the tide had turned on that day of the vote, uh, we, we had yields decline. So I think certainly the decline from one and three-quarter percent was a result of the Brexit vote coming out in a way that most people did not expect it to. But um, now you're starting to have um, a greater amount of uncertainty weigh on the minds of investors, and that has caused you know, what we would refer to as a flight to quality bid in, into the into the Treasury market. That bid probably will be sustained for a period of time, and that is, in effect, what we are forecasting uh, in our numbers. $8.7 trillion worth of negative uh, yields on bonds. <laughs> I think what the, there was one day when it, that jumped by $380 billion. Uh, Matt, it, it, it's, you know, for people who've watched bonds for a long time, any other time you'd say, oh, my gosh, the world must be ending. Everybody would be afraid. Some kind of crisis is coming. What does that – what is the signal from, from that, from this big amount of negative bond yields, and what does it mean for investors? Sure. Well, I mean, I think one of the things that is difficult to observe when you're sitting here in the United States is – is where bond yields are trading outside of the country. And when you're um, bringing up a number like $8.7 trillion of bonds trading at negative yields, you know, we, we can all see that none of those bonds um, are, are exist in the United States. So as a result, they have to um, be trading outside of the United States at those ne- negative yield levels. Well, what that means for investors here is that um, what you might perceive to be um, a, a rich uh, government bond is is unlikely to be the perception of investors outside of the U.S. Uh, and that's exactly what we're seeing is investors outside of the United States uh, come to the U.S. where they see yields that are all positive um, and in some cases um, much more positive than what those investors could hope to get in their local bond markets. And we're seeing those investors take money and, and bring them to treasuries. Okay. You like the uh, the the long you, you want to be long the belly of the curve five year U.S. Treasuries five year gilts um, uh, swaps for Japanese yen the euro five year five year forwards in a nutshell explain this strategy to our listeners. So you know ultimately when you invest in in the bond market you, you can do so for a variety of reasons one of them may be to enjoy uh, what we call carry which is in effect, um, yield adjusted for uh, duration. In, 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 in other cases, you might just want to belong an asset that you would expect to perform well in an environment of, of flight to quality. So you're really trying to maximize your duration exposure in the bond market. Um, and our, our strategy is, is really trying to, to, to combine those two, where you know, for investors that are looking for more of a medium-term horizon investment um, and for investors that are looking for a place to park their money during this time of uncertainty, you know, we think that the intermediate sector of the yield curve 
in the Treasury market, um, as well as in some bond markets outside of the U.S., we think offers that right balance for investors. So the five-year maturity U.S. Treasury note um, is currently where we favor um, and, and where we're telling investors to put their money okay. uh, in the Treasury market. Uh, of course, you know, that, that can change, but All at right. this point in time, yeah. Matt Hornback, thanks so much. He's head of global interest rate strategy at Morgan Stanley. I'm Kathleen Hayes. Taking stock on Bloomberg Radio. Coming up, Bloomberg Law brought to you by Bentley University. What do developing apps at Facebook and analyzing data at Biogen have in common? An MBA from Bentley University where you will explore innovation and leadership because business is everywhere. Prepare here. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.